Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books and Political Science podcast. My name is Heath Brown. Today I'll be talking to John Casey, who is the author of The Nonprofit World, Civil Society, and the Rise of the Nonprofit Sector. John's book is published this year by Kumari, uh, Kumarian Press, which is a division of Lynn Ryan Publishers. I hope that you really enjoy the interview that I did today with John. Welcome back to the podcast. Again, I have the chance today to talk to uh, a colleague in the City University of New York system, John Casey, who is the author of The Nonprofit World, Civil Society, and the Rise of the Nonprofit Sector. John, how are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, John, it's a pleasure. Uh, you, are, you are also in New York City, but tell us maybe a little bit more about yourself, how long you've been here, where you've been in the past. Share a little bit about yourself. Sure. Your uh, sharp-eyed listeners will notice straight away that I'm not a native New Yorker. My accent's actually Australian. I was brought up in Australia. Uh, And since I graduated from my first undergraduate degree, I've had the pleasure and honor of circulating between three cities uh, to live and work, uh, Sydney, Australia, Barcelona, Spain, and New York, New York. Uh, I started off as an English teacher in Barcelona, went back to Australia, got a social work degree, was a social worker in an immigrant community in uh, Sydney for a while, then came to New York, or we're talking now the mid-80s, uh, worked on adult literacy programs, and I ended up as the director of the Mayor's Office adult Lit- of Adult Literacy here for the City of New York. Then I went back to Barcelona, where I ended up running uh, public sector training programs for a three-university consortium, then got a doctorate along the way while I was in Barcelona, my doctorate's from the Universitat Autonoma de Barcelona, and then went back to Australia for my first academic job at the Australian Graduate School of Policing, teaching public management to police officers there, and then came back here to Baruch to this job at the uh, School of Public Affairs at Baruch. Yeah, well, it's an enviable uh, path that you've had and is not unrelated to, to your book. Um, let's, let's talk about the book and, and how much it relates to these international travels that you have, you have had. Um, you argue in the book that we should be talking about, quote, the nonprofit world, not just, quote, nonprofit nation. So to what extent are nonprofits now a global phenomenon, not just something unique to the United States? Um, basically, every country in the world uh, documents and shows that the nonprofit sector is growing. I used to say that the only country in the world where it wasn't growing was North Korea. But I just had some colleagues who work with nonprofits who came back from North Korea, and they report that uh, you know they are opening up uh, restricted but civic spaces there. So every country in the world, in the narrative of the development of society and societal institutions, is now reporting the growth of the nonprofit sector. Very different parameters from country to country, but uh, there is a common narrative of, of growth and expansion of nonprofit spaces. Now, terminology seems to matter a lot in the book, and, and you affirm pretty clearly that, that nonprofit is the best term. 
but you also acknowledge that that others disagree with this, or at least it's contentious. So, what is the is the difference between referring to civil society or the nonprofit sector or even the third sector? Do these termino- do these terminological differences um, not matter enough? And 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 why is nonprofit really the right term for for what you're focused on? Well, nonprofit's the right term when we're writing from the U.S. perspective, and I guess from a to the primarily a U.S. audience, although the audience for this book is global. Uh, it's the terminology we tend to use here in the United States, and it's commonly understood around the world. Other terms, and I list them in the book that are used, are obviously civil society, third sector, but we have charities, associations, voluntary organizations. Each one of those terms have different shades of meaning and slightly different emphasis, but ultimately it comes down to sort of the fashion of what's used and the common usage in that country. For example, in Australia, we tend to use the word community sector much more than we would here in the United States. Other countries prefer the term civil society organizations. I mean, there's a difference between non-profit sector and civil society conceptually, but when you talk about civil society organizations, there's a real overlap. And then there's the, the term third sector, which is used commonly around the world. Interestingly enough, the term third sector actually became popular or was cre- you know, uh, created here in the U.S. through the Filer Commission back in the 1970s, um, but it's not really been a popular term of you know a term of art here in the United States. Now, now this sort of historical dimension is something that I haven't really thought a lot about, but but you deal with in the book. So, are nonprofits today what they were in the past? You describe the evolution of the New York City Mission Society as one example. Maybe you can talk just a little bit about that organization and how it relates to changes in the sector over time. Well, of course, we have to look at all different historical periods, you know, the the rise of government, you know, the rise of or, you know, the role of civil society or non-government organizations, you know, what part has government played in people's lives, what part of uh, people's lives have been organized through more private means, because ultimately the non-profit sector, private organizations. Uh, A lot of, you know, the rise of what we know is a non-profit sector, the modern non-profit sector should be, can be traced back to the early 1800s, um, you know, the combination of the rise of uh, different charitable organisations and their role in society and also the rise of a, the type of organisation, corporation we know in, uh, in the present time. But, you know, taking the Mission Society, that's a good example of how Non-profit organisations, even contemporary ones, have existed for a long time but have changed mission direction dramatically. Uh, the, um, the Mission Society here in New York City was created uh, 1812, if, I've got, if I can remember the date uh, correctly. They recently had their 200th anniversary as an organisation, but they started off uh, distributing religious tracts to new immigrants here in New York City. Um, they realised that uh, new immigrants, and quickly realised new immigrants needed more than religious literature, so we're offering, you know, charitable payments and support. Um, and then over the years, the Mission Society has been quite crucial here in New York City in creating a whole lot of uh, charitable, non-profit endeavours, most of which sort of spun off into separate organisations. 
but then, you know, it, it remained a largely religious charitable organization throughout most of the 20th century, but by late 20th century, it had become a secular organization and, in fact, uh, cut all ties, formal ties with the church, um, you know, around the 1980s, 1990s, and is now a secular social service agency. Now, is this move from from the the sort of faith-based, the religious-based, to the more secular that, that is common for so many organizations, so many nonprofit organizations in the United States, similar to what we see across the world? Is, is the, the, the sector in, in other parts of the world as rooted in faith as, as it is in the United States, or are patterns really varying across the world? Um, you know, patterns do vary across the world, depends on the relationship between the church and the state uh, in any country. So, you know, uh, traditionally in those uh, countries that have been Catholic countries with a great Catholic major- majorities, the, the role of the Catholic church and its charitable institutions continues to be very important. Um, in Islamic countries, of course, the relationship between Islam and the state uh, continues to be in the majority of Islamic countries uh, much closer. At the same time, there is this sort of common narrative in the vast majority of the 192 sovereign nations in the world of this you know, secularization, extension of the non-profit sector, the opening of non-profit uh, spaces within society. It varies greatly from country to country. Each country has its interesting quirks in terms of uh, the growth of the non-profit sector, but there is this sort of, there is a common narrative of growth and expansion. Now, when you look at the sector from the perspective of the United States, what, what we will typically see is, is the good works done. The, the, but in other parts of the world, Nonprofits aren't always looked at in such positive ways. I wonder if you could talk about some of the sort of the, the, the controversial and contentious uh, places where the nonprofit sector is, is not always uh, valued in the same way as in the United States. The, the, the parts of the world where civil society is in conflict with the state rather than in the United States where it's typically in partnership with the state. Sure. Um, although be, before we get away from the states, I will say that also here in the United States, there's a whole lot of controversial areas about the role of the nonprofit sector. I mean, you know, does it work to distribute um, benefits here in society, or does it, you know, entrench the privilege of a, a certain class? And there certainly has been a lot of scandals here in the United States about, um, you know, the misuse of nonprofits for, for personal gain. So we could talk about that later. But looking at other parts of the world, yes, I mean, uh, you know, we talk about civil society. Um, and, uh, you know, use that as an analytic framework to look at what's happening in a lot of countries. Now, from the outside of what's happening in a country, we can see this sort of heroic civil society battling against authoritarian states. Of course, if you take that from the perspective of the authoritarian state, uh, the civil society, and a lot of the initiatives are, in fact, uh, you know, sort of enemies of the state undermining the, the work of the state. Although you are finding, and one of the, 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 uh, the facts that I highlight in the book is that even in the most 
surprising of authoritarian states or surprisingly in many authoritarian states, there is a, a growing civil society nonprofit sector. I mean, China is the perfect example, the way in which the, the Chinese government has understood the way in which certain types of nonprofit organization can complement the work of the state. But at the same time, they seek to put restrictions, you know, the, generally the, the, the operating concept here is as, as long as they stay away from politics, however defined, they'll allow non-profit organizations to work. Yeah, another thing that occurred to me in, in your, your take is, is that, that non-profits are often locating, uh, doing their work in the most local of local settings, that that's sort of what often defines them. And when you, I think, ask a a layperson was sort of about the uh, a nonprofit. That's what they would describe. But there's this other uh, sort of globalizing international uh, direction that that nonprofits are taking, where there are massive nonprofit organizations that are stretching their work across numerous countries. Talk. Maybe you can talk a little bit about those two different sides of the sector as as not necessarily competing with each other, but but. Uh, realizing very different visions of what the the sector might do. Yes, so again, it always depends on what country we're talking about. But if we're talking about wealthy countries, you know, the developed world, um, the non-profit organizations there are generally domestic organizations which uh, receive and raise their funds domestically and are working in a uh, domestic context. If you're talking about Poorer countries, the, you know, the developing world. Um, there, you, because there are restricted internal resources, so you know, government doesn't have money to uh, to provide grants or to subsidise or outsource uh, services to the non-profit sector. The population doesn't have disposable income uh, to to donate to non-profit organisations. So what you get in many developing countries is the large majority of the monies that go towards non-profit organisations come from outside. Now. Uh, up until, say, the last decade, that tended to mean that international non-profit organisations would land in a country, whether we're talking Doctors Without Borders or the Red Cross or World Vision, so they'd land in a country and uh, provide services as international organisations. One of the current phenomena in the non-profit sector in the developing world is the push to create more indigenous local organizations, but still the indigenous local organizations, the more successful ones in the sense of the ones able to raise money, are the ones that can tap into international networks of foundation and individual donations or these days, you know, directly crowdsourcing through the internet. Unless you're able to tap into that external market, if you're in a poor country, um, you're not going to be very successful or not, let's call it not success, but sustainable as an organization. Now, maybe just in, as a way to wrap up, and this isn't you know, really something that you focused on the book, but in the current uh, presidential campaign, nonprofits have taken on uh, an increasingly important role and controversial role at that as, as for some, the, the place where dark money is being used, uh, the, a phrase used to, to describe money that is unaccountable in some ways. I wonder if you thought at all about, about how the, the sort of the, the appropriate level of political involvement 
um, in the United States, there there is for nonprofits. Um, is the sector being sort of used in the wrong way when when uh, it's a it's a funnel to uh, influence politics, or or really is that true to the identity of the sector? Uh, it's what we you know, getting back to what we talked about before. You know, every country has its quirks. Every country has its you can call it the downside, call it the the dark side, call it the problematic side of the nonprofit sector. And certainly, what is emerging here in the United States is this problematic situation where um, because of, you know, the, the, what was called, the, what people know as the Citizens United uh, decision by the Supreme Court, which opened up the possibility for funding of candidates through non-profit organisations and through these, the 501c4 social welfare organisations that don't need to uh, you know, publicly make available their list of donors. Um, you're getting uh, you know, unprecedented amounts of money being channeled by a few interests into the political processes uh, here in the United States. That, that is a great concern to a lot of people. Um, you know, uh, there's competing claims about how you know, the outcome of the work of 501c uh, and the various uh, organisations. Um, but yes, it's one of the areas of concern of the evolution of the nonprofit sector in the United States. Yeah, I really enjoyed the book. Uh, again, the title of the book is the uh, the nonprofit world, civil society, and the rise of the nonprofit sector. John Casey is the author. John, thank you so much for being with us today. Good, thank you very much. Please. 